Hey everybody, it's Nick, and uh, a couple quick things. Number one, if you didn't hear our update from a few weeks ago, this is a Friday release for Where There's Smoke, which is a new thing that we're doing. I've wanted to move Where There's Smoke to Friday releases for a couple years, and it's finally happened, so thanks for sticking with us. If you would rather listen to the show on Tuesday, just wait a few more days, and you can listen then. Um, so thanks for sticking with us. That's number one. Number two is that I have a new podcast. It's a show called Shame Rules, and it is about the invisible ways that shame shapes not just how we feel, but how the world operates. And it is something that stems from an episode pitch I did like five years ago with Brett, and I've spent well over a year (laughs) researching it, writing it, rewriting it, and I cannot wait to share it with you, and I just like am just pleading with you So just give it a shot next week. It comes out next Friday, October 2nd. You can go to shamerules.com to find out more about it. And uh, make sure right now, if you're able to, if you're not driving, go subscribe to Shame Rules on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever. And uh, that would mean a lot. So that's all I've got. Friday where there's smoke. Next Friday, you get a brand new show, Shame Rules. Go subscribe. And uh, yeah, thanks. I didn't know this was what I was waking up to. My brother, an angel on earth departed. A soul so beautiful. When you walked into a room, there was calm. You always moved with grace and ease. Every time I saw you, the world would be a better place. morning of Saturday, August 29th, I woke up, had a cup of coffee, picked up my phone, and as many people did, found out that actor Chadwick Boseman had died. A statement informed us that Chadwick was diagnosed with stage 3 colon cancer in 2016 and battled with it for four years as it progressed to stage 4. The statement went on to read, A true fighter, Chadwick persevered through it all and brought you many of the films you have come to love so much, from Marshall to Black Panther to The Five Bloods, all were filmed during and between countless surgeries and chemotherapy. It was a cancer diagnosis that it seems only his immediate family knew about. And so his death was not only a shock to fans like myself, but also to those who knew and worked with Chadwick over the years including his Black Panther co-star, Letitia Wright, who posted this tribute on her Instagram a few days after his passing. I wish I got to say goodbye. I messaged you a couple times, but I thought you were just busy. I didn't know you were dealing with so much. I spent much of that August 29th morning reading reactions and tributes to Chadwick, specifically from those who worked with him and knew him. And I was struck by the depth, respect, and appreciation in the words. Zoe Saldana wrote, I will tell my sons about you forever. You were one of the classiest men I have ever met in my life. 
Danai Gurira said, such a pure-hearted, profoundly generous, regal, fun guy. He made everyone feel loved, heard, and seen. Andy Circus, your quiet steel and raging fire, beautifully tempered by the fact that you are an honorable, generous, humble human being. And Sterling K. Brown. And he cared. He cared about every line. He cared about every shot. He really, really cared. Now I'm not putting Chadwick Boseman on a pedestal. He was a human being, like you and I, which means he was imperfect and flawed and had faults. Of course he did. But we strive for Where There's Smoke to be an exploration on how each of us can be the best version of ourselves. And a big part of that is showing up, bringing all of ourselves to the party. And from all I have seen and read about Chadwick Boseman, it seems clear that he did that. And that got me thinking about how I show up, how each of us show up, with all of our fears and doubts and distractions and overcorrections and undercorrections and at times just plain laziness or indifference, how many of us manage to consistently show up in our life for ourselves and for others to bring all of ourselves to the party? Welcome to Where There's Smoke, the show where we explore self-development through the lens of current events, pop culture, and experience. This week, we are exploring generosity. Inspired by the life of Chadwick Boseman, we challenge ourselves to look at how we are showing up in the world for ourselves and others. And we hear from personal story expert Bo Eason with a story that defines it. My name is Brett Gaida. And I'm Nick Jaworski. Let's start the show. About 10 days after the news broke that Chadwick Boseman had died, another of his Black Panther co-stars, Lupita Nyong'o, penned a tribute to Chadwick and posted it online. There is a thread through her letter on how he used his time. She wrote, Chadwick was a man who made the most of his time, but always seemed to take his time. I noticed Chadwick never seemed rushed. He commanded his time with ease. And she ended the tribute with a call to action. Take your time, but don't waste your time. That is a very powerful thing, in my opinion. Someone who made the most of his time, but always seemed to take his time. That art of being urgent and present at the same time. And I think it is an insight into this presence that Chadwick seemed to have, the impact he made with people. Even those that met him only briefly or knew him a short time wrote that he had a profound effect on them. And as I read through all the testimonials and tributes to Chadwick Boseman, there was one word, one 
concept, really, that kept coming through for me. And I think it speaks to the impact that Chadwick had and to the way that he lived his life. And that word is generosity. But maybe not generosity as you think of it. Now, I'm not talking about like, hey, hey, generosity, Bo. Hey, I'm a big tipper, so I'm generous. Or, hey, Bo, you know what? I give a lot of money to charity. I'm not talking about that kind of generosity. I'm talking about the art of giving all of oneself all of the time. That is Bo Eason, former NFL All-Pro turned playwright and actor, now leadership speaker, trainer, author, and proud dad. I first heard Bo speak and talk about generosity back in 2013. And his definition of generosity really resonated with me when I first heard it. I had never thought of generosity in that way, that it is really about our willingness and commitment to give all of ourselves. To exemplify this concept of generosity, Bo tells a story about a former teammate of his. A story that once you hear it, I think like me, you'll find yourself going back to it throughout your life. I think about this story a lot, and I have shared it with many people many times over the years. So I thought I'd share it with you here. But instead of me telling it, we will go straight to the source, Bo Eason himself. And so here is Bo telling that story at an event just outside of San Francisco a few years ago. Do any of you remember a guy named Jerry Rice? For those of you who don't know, Jerry Rice played for the San Francisco 49ers right down the street here, right? He's the greatest football player ever to play the game. So that game's been around for 100 years. He's the greatest player in the history of a game. I used to play against this guy. It is a nightmare. At the end of my career, I played for the Houston Oilers for four years. I got traded in my fifth year to the San Francisco 49ers. So me and the greatest player in the history of the game are on the same team. I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, I'm going to check this out. Okay, good. So our first day of training camp. First day of training camp, Rockland, California. It's about 110 degrees. When I was a little boy, I made this little contract with myself that I would always be the first person on the practice field And I would always be the last person to leave the practice field. And for 20 years, nobody ever beat me. I was always the first one out there and the last one to leave until I got traded to San Francisco. So I got to the locker room, first day of practice. I'm there an hour and a half before anybody else. I'm getting dressed. It's hot. I get dressed, get my uniform on, and I walk out to the practice field. And I look around. I was like, yeah, hell yeah. First one again. And then I look over here. And guess who's standing right there? The greatest player in the history of a game has beat me out there. First time ever, 20 years. I'd never seen it before. And I thought in my mind, how could this be? Shouldn't the lesser players be out there? Why is the greatest of all time, he's out there, not the lesser players, not the ones scrambling to try to make this team. So I get dressed. Well, the rest of the guys come out hour and a half later, me and Jerry by ourselves. Hour and a half later, all the rest of the team comes out. Joe Montana, Steve Young, Ronnie Lott, Randy Cross, great players, right? They come out, we start warming up. And the warm-ups are this. Joe Montana stands right over here, 
and Joe's going to snap the ball. There's a line of 16 receivers right here. Jerry Rice is a receiver. He's in this line right here. He's in the middle of this line. Joe Montana's right there. He's going to throw these guys balls to warm up. Now, warm-ups in the NFL, you, you play very cool. You take training camp very easy. You don't want to get hurt. You just want to stay healthy till the regular season starts, right? So they got 16 guys lined up right here. First guy comes up, Joe Montana's right there. And this is the first play, play of warm-ups. This is what the first receiver does. Joe snaps the ball. The receiver comes off the line, like half speed, kind of breaks off a little slant pattern. Joe throws the ball. The receiver catches it. And he stops. And he walks the ball back to Joe Montana, hands Joe the ball, gets back in line. Next guy comes up. Whew, same thing. All pro glide, breaks off a little slant. Joe throws the ball, receiver catches it, and stops. Walks the ball back to Joe Montana, hands Joe the ball, back in line. And then Jerry Rice came up. And I said, oh, oh good. I want to see this. And this is what he did. Boom! Full speed. Bam! Breaks it off. Boom! Catches the ball. Boom! Gone. Boom! A hundred yards. Gone. We're all like, damn, where the hell's he going? He is gone a hundred yards, gets all the way to the end zone. This is warm-ups. Turns around, runs a hundred yards, full speed, back to Joe Montana, hands him the ball, back in line. Next guy comes up. He's going to run a little out pattern, right? This is what he does. All pro glide, cool, breaks it off. Joe throws the ball, catches it, stops. Walks the ball back to Joe Montana, hands Joe the ball, back in line. And then Jerry Rice came up again. And this is what he did. Boom! Full speed, bam, breaks it off. Boom, catches the ball. Boom, gone. Again and again and again and again. I've never seen anything like it. Every time he caught the ball, he ran 100 yards, put his body in the end zone, turned around, ran 100 yards back, handed the ball back in line three hours. He must have run 10 miles of these sprints. I've never seen anything like it. So at the end of this three-hour practice, I go up to Jerry. So, hey, man, Jerry, what the hell are you doing, man? <laughs> I mean, what was all that? You know, you know, that running. Why you do that? And Jerry Rice is like, oh, well, that's very simple, Bo. I do that because every time these hands touch a ball, this body ends up in an end zone. There is never an accident ever, ever. He has trained his body that every time these hands touch leather, this body ends up in an end zone somewhere. We could have put this drill on the freeway with a bus and he would have found the nearest end zone. 
because his body's trained that way. Now this guy, I'm talking about generosity right now, right? I've never seen anybody in my life give as much of themselves as Jerry Rice did. And he's a football player because he gives of himself. He turns up the volume on his own generosity. I, it changed everything I did in my life. It changes who I am on stage. It changes how I go into my marriage. It changes how I parent my kids. If I ever back off, if I ever turn the volume down on my generosity, that's on me. That's on me. We each have an opportunity to turn up the volume on our generosity. That's on us. As we said earlier, it is a willingness and a commitment, meaning it is not just about circumstance. It is not an only if, as in, I will bring it only if I'm feeling it that day, or I will give my all as long as X, Y, and Z are in place. No, a commitment is an even if. I will be there even if it's hard, even if I don't feel like it, even if I am carrying the weight of privately battling cancer and seeing you between countless surgeries and chemotherapy sessions, I will show up. That Jerry Rice story, it still gets me. And I think it's getting to me because I know that right now, that's not how I am showing up in my life. I feel like I used to be like Jerry Rice, you know, running those patterns, whoosh, off the line, bam, catch the ball, whoosh, to the end zone. Here I am. And somewhere over the last few years, it shifted. I mean, I still have my moments for sure even a, a few runs to use a basketball term, but, but for the most part, I've turned down the volume on my own generosity. And that's eating away at me. Because I know if I don't do something about it, the costs are high for the people I care about, for the world, and for me. Though generosity may be defined by some as an act of selflessness, studies show that generosity is also actually quite selfish, aka in your best interest. Yeah, it was a really nice thing and all, but it made you feel really good, right? Yeah, so? Well, it made you feel good, so that makes it selfish. Dr. Lisa Firestone, a guest on our self-acceptance episode, wrote an article entitled The Benefits of Generosity. In it, she says that practicing generosity is a mental health principle, and it could be the very key to a happy and healthy life. She cites studies that highlight the benefits of generosity on both our physical and mental health. Generosity has been shown to reduce stress, support one's physical health, enhance one's sense of purpose, promote social connection, and improve relationships. And being generous also makes us feel better about ourselves. Generosity has been shown to boost our self-esteem and confidence and reduce the negative thoughts that often lead to self-sabotage. Then there are the benefits of generosity to the other people in your life, the ones you care about most. 
many of whom may be giving all of themselves in their relationship with you, even though you are not doing the same. Don't those people deserve all of you? And then there's the world. Back in July, we lost the good trouble generosity of John Lewis. Just as we were finishing this show, Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg died. Two people who exemplified showing up, who chose day after day after day after day after day to give all of themselves to the cause of a better world. And now they're gone. And the world needs more people like them. And so this episode isn't meant to be a condemnation of any of us. Just a question to each of us. Why wouldn't we choose generosity? You get to decide what kind of king you are going to be. I want to give great thanks and acknowledgement to Bo Eason for his contribution to this episode. I encourage you to read Bo's new book, There's No Plan B for Your A-Game. Bo also leads both corporate and personal trainings on how to craft and tell your personal story. I attended his personal story power event a few years back, and it was off the charts. You can find information on that and all things Bo at boeason.com. That is B-O-E-A-S-O-N.com. What are we doing? All right. Should we just get into it? I don't know what's happening. You tell me. (laughs) Okay. I I think I should just ask you straight up first because I did mention this to you, but I don't know if you you ended up checking it out. Have you watched any of Ted Lasso on Apple Plus? I have not. I just – I thought this was going somewhere else, so this is interesting. Uh, Somebody literally last night messaged me and said – you, you need to watch Ted Lasso. So, and I said, oh, that's the second time I've heard that. And the first time was you. Okay. So the reason I wanted to talk about this, it's sort this is sort of like a digs adjacent segment. Last night, so I've, I've been sort of trying to take my time with the episodes. We watched a couple and then we took our time. But last night we caught up and we watched three in a row. And I'm just, so there's been, I think eight episodes now. And the show is so good. But the thing about it, and this is why I wanted to talk to you, there is a concept that was a WTS digs. I'll, I'll give you a hint and then you'll know what it is. You probably already know what it is. But your your digs, your your dig was the concept, but one of the examples you gave was Bushes of Love, the bad lip reading yes. video. Now, what was the concept? Think something that doesn't have to be particularly good, it's way better than it ever needed to be to be enjoyable. Like, the the bad version of Bushes of Love would have been enough, but instead there's this incredible thing. So, yeah, so the the quote unquote, if you go back, it's actually episode 55, just for our (laughs) listeners, December 6th, 2016. So almost four years ago, your dig was things that are much better than they have any right to be. Yes. Okay. Not only is Ted Lasso better than it has any right to be, but the reason I sort of want to talk to you about it is 
I feel like it's like the apex of that concept. Like if I look at the distance between sort of the premise, I mean, the thing's based on a TV commercial. It's based on a on a couple of promos that NBC Sports did. Do you, do you feel like you this, should like, explain, yeah, what the show is to yeah, anybody? Yeah, so, okay. So, so, so the initial concept was um, these commercials that NBC Sports did a bunch of years ago when they started airing the English Premiership, which is a football league in the rest of the world, but in America, it's a soccer league. And the concept was that Ted Lasso was an American football coach. Like he coached American football, <laughs> but he went to England to coach soccer, right? Because that's also football. Okay. They took this concept and they turned it into a series. Now, his character is super cheesy. He's, he's got his mustache and he's like talks in this southern act. There's just this show had such an ability to just be cheesy and terrible and bad and is insanely good. But not only is it insanely good, it does things at the same time that I'm incredibly impressed it can do at the same time. So it is incredibly goofy and yet at the same time tremendously heartfelt and not like oh, that's sweet heartfelt, but like digging into real emotions around relationships and self-worth and imposter syndrome and abuse and like nailing them. Like last night's episode, I was like, I had tears in my eyes and it was like tears I would have in my eyes watching a dramatic movie, right? And then two minutes later, they're doing some cheesy joke that's also, I just, it walks this tightrope and I don't know how it does it. It's gonna sound silly because it's your concept, but it's almost like, I'm like, well, we can just retire the concept wow. because it's now hit its apex. Like. This has is so much better than it has any right to be. Wow, you know, yeah, uh, it's funny. You you said you were like when you pitched this, it's like it's digs adjacent. Really, this is just a dig. Well, it's a dig, but <laughs> but, but but which is it's fine. It's a dig, but I but I actually really was more excited about the, this concept and the fact that like okay, so now the challenge is, and maybe we could put the challenge out to the listeners too. Yeah. Actually, it's to you and to the listeners. Can someone bring me something that is 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 more better than it has any right to be than Ted Lasso. So, I think Ted Lasso is the Mount Everest. Well, okay. Another example of this, actually, that I know, I think we've talked about in the show, I know that we have talked about, is the Lego movie. The Lego movie yeah. is this thing that is just a product placement thing. It didn't have to be whatever, but it's, like, beautifully animated and done. And then, like, the story really pays off. The Lego movie is amazing. And that is another example where you go, this, this could have been half as good and still would have been more than I needed from a Lego movie. Yeah. So, yeah. Just so maybe, maybe we're doing, I don't like the whole Mount, you know, how people do the Mount Rushmore of, but maybe it's like the all-star team or whatever. Maybe it's like, what would be like the top five or the top four? Cause I think you're right. I think Lego movies there. Like if you're putting together an all-star squad of things that are much better than they have any right to be. Uh, you know, I gotta tell you, uh, Brett, I thought that the secrecy around, you know, Brett texted me last night and said like, Hey, I want to do this thing, whatever. I thought in my mind I was getting all prepared for it. And it was like pretending I didn't know what it was going to be. But now I have to admit that I was wrong. I thought you were trying to figure out a way to talk about the fact that I got married like a month ago. I thought that that's where oh, this was no. headed. Cause that's no, I don't, I, I don't want to invade your pride. You're a very private guy. I, I, no, I, but you know, if I can't pretend to be private around my marriage because it was, was on, it was on the news. <laughs> so if, if we if 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 I want, if you want to know my second dig, which is Nick's fifteen minutes of fame, yes. for getting married in a, in a uh, 
bacon candy shop, I believe. Yeah, it was a, it's a it's called Crown Candy Kitchen here in St. Louis. It's over 100 years old. It's like 110 years old. Um, you know, we Ashley and I had gotten engaged back in May. We were supposed to do it. You know, you know how it is. You're like, we're going to get engaged. And we had a ring. And then the pandemic happened. And then she was so busy. And you're like, oh, I want to have a chance to, like, make something special. I want to, like, do, you know, but we couldn't go to dinner. We couldn't get a babysitter. You know, we could, there was nothing we could do. So uh, we moved. And then uh, I was like, well, now we can, I'll just propose here at this house. <laughs> and then basically we got a license in August and said, well, we got to get married somewhere. And so Ashley had this idea. You know what, Anthony, cake is expected at a wedding. But a wedding just isn't complete without bacon and maybe some malts, right? Mm-hmm. Rennie, don't get any ideas for the kiddos. Too late. <laughs> that is exactly how one couple celebrated their big day. This is so cool. This couple got married at Crown Candy, you guys. So we want to say congratulations, of course, to Nick and Ashley Jaworski. Love your masks. The couple said they wanted to do something fun for their wedding, but of course the pandemic got in the way. So they decided to have a pop-up ceremony, and they said, you know what? It really was a no-brainer. They're happy to start their new life together full of <laughs> bacon and ice cream. I just love her dress. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's so that's unique. Cool. That's cool. As long as you got a, a lot of napkins, though, because, you know, bacon grease yeah. and all that stuff. Oh, so good. Now I want one of those sandwiches. <laughs> if anything, for a wedding gift, we don't have a registry right now, but if you're looking to support the Jaworski family, it would be to go subscribe to Shame Rules and write and review. <laughs> write a review. That would be that would be the thing that all of us <laughs> would really appreciate. Uh, if you're saying, like, I don't know what to get Nick and Ashley for their, their wedding, mm. um, I will mm. I will include in the show description a link to an article about our wedding, and you should also go listen to Shame Rules. So that's my, uh, that's what Ashley would definitely want. That's what Miles would want. Uh, it's what I want. That, so. yeah. yeah, there you go. There you go. And I bet you Shame Rules is much better than it has any right to be. You know what? <laughs> it is. <laughs> I will say this, actually. Have you watched Avatar The Last Airbender yet? No, I have not. That friggin' show is so good. It's, we watched all of Avatar. Miles watched it by himself. And then he's like, you should watch this. So we all watched it. Loved it. Like, we were kind of like, okay, sure. Then there's a sequel series, well, kind of, called Korra, which is also about another Avatar. It's so good, Brett. Like, I, I have no, you need to watch it. Rad's really going to enjoy right. it. It's so, it's got a lot of heart to it, but it's like really dramatic. It's so, it's so good. That's my. That's, is, that Nef, is that is that Netflix? It's on Netflix. All right. So if this was a Diggs episode, Avatar: The Last Airbender, Ted Lasso, which is on Apple Plus, and then I guess the third dig would be uh, getting married during a pandemic in a way that you become a local celebrity for 15 minutes. Man, look, we planned a wedding in a week. It cost us like in the hundreds of dollars. We had the best food you've ever had at a wedding: malts and these huge BLTs. And then we were on the news. And we were we were on several stations, <laughs> and then we were I, home. I mean, I think it was awesome. The only the only negative out of the whole experience was that you weren't wearing shame rules bags over your head. Should, well, for some free free promotion. And then we were home by like eight o'clock in pajamas. So like the whole like it was like everything about it. Like I, I look if you had a beautiful wedding and I'm very happy for you and like I don't want to take that away from you. I've been to a lot of really pretty weddings and it's great. For me to have pulled off all that kind of by accident did feel like a win, yeah. like a real win. No, it's way cool. I mean, at the end of the day, I would say for anyone, wherever you get married, however you get married, whether you spend $1 or $100,000, what you want it to be is a memorable experience you're never going to forget. And I think you got that. We got that. And we got bacon. Yeah. 
we go. All right. So again, those of you out there, we want to hear from you. What are some things that you think were much better than they had any right to be or much, much better than they needed to be? And Nick has decided we need a hashtag. So if you are telling us on social media, because you could also email us at connect it where the smoke, but more fun to do it on social media, put hashtag better than it needed to be. Hashtag better than it needed to be. It's a little long, but it works. There you go. Thanks. Well, it looks like season five is back on the move, and here we are in the credits. It has been a few months, and I want to shout out some people that reached out and gave a signal boost during the break. Big love to Annie Wood, Erica Robin, GT Scholars, Sarah Geraldson, at Dare DeVia, Jason Turner, also known as musician Don Drapery, and Carrie Gormley. You can find and follow Where There's Smoke on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We are at ExploreWTS on all three platforms. And you can find our website with complete show notes that include links to videos, articles, and books referenced in every show at wheretherssmoke.co. Our theme song was written and recorded by Des McKinney and remixed by Nick. And I will hand it to Nick to credit the other music in this show. This week, all we've got is Blue Dot Sessions. So, yeah. Back to you, Brett. Where There is Smoke is the art of bringing all of ourselves. It is conceived, written, recorded, edited, and produced by Brett Gaida and Nick Jaworski. And that brings us almost to the end, though perhaps it's not an end at all. In my culture, death is not the end. It's more of a stepping off point. You reach out with both hands and bust and segment. They lead you into the green veld where you can run forever. Wakanda forever. Thanks for listening. We love you. We'll see you next time.